Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of Falcons Trench Talk here in the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, joined by my co-host. He is Jordan Watkins at Big 75. Fella, Jordan, It's it was a difficult Sunday. Uh, we had a lot of feelings to get out on the post-game show. I know we have a lot of feelings now, particularly with the rest of the news that's come out. Uh, we're recording this on Monday afternoon about Grady Jarrett's injury, and now we have a full boat full-blown quarterback controversy on our hands so interesting show in store for you guys today before we do that but how you doing Jordan how you handling it uh you know it's tough I woke up this morning and again you know when you're on the east coast you get the news a little bit sooner than we do on the west coast uh so I got that news about Grady Jerry and I think it was about what 7 seven thirty ish in the morning and it sucked uh, it sucked for a few reasons. Obviously, first and foremost, as a Falcons fan, we know how good Grady's been. We know how much we've been asking to have a good D-line around Grady for, for almost a decade now. Maybe it is a decade. And no, it's almost a decade. Yeah. And and so that that, you know, it's like finally you have a defense around him. You have this great unit around him. And that's when he tears his ACL. Really, it's it yeah. like that hurt, but also even on the personal level, I've known Grady since we were in high school. Uh, you know, he he might not remember me, and that if not, that's fine. But we were in certain recruiting camps camp- together. I remember meeting him. We were at a camp at Georgia Tech, and again, even then, a lot of the the coaches that were there were raving and ranting about his work ethic. And, and just how he went about things like shocker. We talk about the same things now with him and the Falcons. Right. But uh, no, they, they talked about it then. So that's why I've always been a big fan of his, no matter where he went, I wanted him to do well when he was at Clemson. Obviously I wanted him to do well with the Falcons. It's his hometown team. It's my hometown team. So now seeing that news today about the tornado, that was, it was really hard for me. I'm 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 not gonna lie about it. It was it was really hard. And I just want to give the connections at least as to why it was so hard yeah. for, for, for me to see that. No, I mean it there's so many layers to why it just absolutely sucks. Um, you know, he I think Grady Jarrett's been kind of just the badass on the defensive line for so long. Like I think fans yeah. take it, you know, and it's not necessarily through their own fault but it's sort of like you take it for granted that he's going to be here and be this this the one guy essentially the one that's always going to get it done the one that's going to carry the load and be a leader and and the way that he leads sort of he leads he's like a quiet leader and i really respect that like he's not rah rah i'm going to get in your face i'm going to pump everyone up but he he sort of leads by example just the respect he commands in the locker room when he comes to the podium, you just, you can feel it. It's like, Oh yeah, this is, you can tell, even if you knew nothing about it, even if you knew nothing about Grady, when he comes up to the podium, you know, this is a leader of the team. Like you can just tell. Um, Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and it, it, it sucks on so many levels to lose a guy like that. He's one of the nicest interviews I've, I've had. uh, (laughs) Certainly nice guy. Um, Just, just such a fun player to watch. You can feel his energy when he's on the field. So it's, it just sucks so bad uh, to lose him in that manner, like on the first play of the game, essentially. Um, yeah. And and again, the thing for yeah. me is, 
to 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 equivalent it back to the whole trench talk topic of what we're doing. Is it his best stat year? No. But again, the fact that it's not is actually telling you about how good he is. All those double teams that free or let Nate Lamon pray uh excuse me, play free or let Caden Ellis play free. Grady Jarrett has a lot to do with that. You think about all the double teams and almost every team now in this year, they play, they play inside zone, outside zone. They, they, that's a lot of their staple in the run game. So a lot of what happens when you have a, a zone blaze running scheme, you do double team chip, right? It's double team, boom, this one guy's going to hit you if you're on the D-line, trying to chip you over so we're going to make sure Whoever, whoever the player is, like, for example, like, great, I know he plays the one tech a lot. So it's going to be the guard in the center. The guard, I mean, the center's job is I'm going to ship you to make sure I get you over more so the guard can fully take you over, and then I get to the linebacker. You don't get to do that that much with Grady Jarrett lining up at the one tech. Um, and I think people kind of saw that you know, in, in this game against Tennessee where, don't get me wrong, I think for the most part, the D-line still did a solid job, and it wasn't even just Grady being gone. LaKeel London got hurt, so that made it, you know, that 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 in, um, depleted the numbers a little bit as well. But I'm saying this to say, remember when we got the defensive holding penalty up front? You never saw one of those with Grady. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you never did. And and that's the thing for me. It's just even in a year where he's not having the sack, sack numbers, pressure numbers, you name it, his input and his his presence on this defense, oh, my gosh, you, you, can't, you can't replace it. I don't know if we will be able to replace it. I know we only got a certain amount of time before the trade deadline. Um, I guess I'm more so just saying, again, for Falcons fans, look, I get a lot of y'all uh, underappreciated Matt Ryan. You still do. Don't underappreciate what yeah. number 97 does for this team and this defense. Don't do it, please. Yeah. When you have a chance to, don't don't underappreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I only own one new Falcons jersey of this current generation, and it's Grady Jarrett. Like, that's that's how highly I view Jarrett. And when I buy a Falcons jersey, that player typically has become like a franchise icon. Like my, I have three Falcons jerseys that I own. I have Mike Vick, I have Julio Jones, and I have Grady Jarrett. Those were the three jerseys I've ever bought. So I have a great track record of jersey buying. Um, and and Grady Jarrett definitely <laughs> uh, contributed to that. Uh, but we'll continue to talk about the loss of, of Jarrett and uh, how, where the Falcons go from here on the defensive line, trade deadline, all that stuff, guys. Let me bring you a quick word from our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Folks, the last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With the MLB postseason, NFL, and college football and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action and don't forget to use our promo code believe that's b l e a v to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts all right jordan well 
unfortunately, Gray Jarrett not going to be back in the lineup this year, which is just crushing. But the good news is the Falcons did go out and get that partner in David Anyamata. So they do have somebody in Anyamata. And it looks like they may have found a, a contributor in LaCale London, uh, who really was taking on Grady's role essentially uh, after he left the game. And LaCale London thankfully did return to the game after his injury later in the game. So it seems like mm-hmm. he's okay. And this was not the best game for him, but I still thought he flashed the most of any of the other guys in the defensive line. So this is where we need Taquan Graham to step up. Maybe we see more of Joe Gaziano. Um, you know, we'll see if if Albert Huggins comes back out here. You know, what what who else can make a difference? But ultimately, I think it's it's there's probably going to be at least a signing, but it could be a trade deadline move. And my thought, given the team's Given the presence of Clayus Campbell, who we know and have been sort of pushing to play more on the interior, maybe this is a two birds, one stone move where you do make the trade that we know the Falcons are interested in going for a Montez Sweat. Maybe Daniel Hunter's back on the table with, unfortunately, the Vikings injuries. Um, You get that guy and you move Clayus inside and therefore you're sort of fixing two problems at once. Your thoughts? You know, Kevin, I'm 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 kind of mad at you right now because <laughs> you thunder, already stole yeah. some of the thunder yeah. that I, I yeah. wanted to get on. But no, you're you're 100 right, and I say that in terms of look. If you paid attention to this show um, the past few weeks, and if you have, again, I appreciate you. I really do. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, it truly does mean a lot. Um, and so. If you paid attention, you know that we've been talking about Calais Campbell moving inside um, in, in weeks prior and not permanently just in situational, you know, um, pass rushes, things like that. So the thing for me is I'm, I'm, I hate the fact that now we're in a situation where we need Calais to move inside in term, yeah. instead of just having the flexibility to move him inside. Um, but no, that's, that's where we are. And like you said, Daniel Hunter, I know we saw the rumors about Montez sweat before the game. Look, my thing now is if you're, if you're Terry Fontenot, don't care what the result, I don't care what the, uh, well, I guess to an extent, I don't care. <laughs> I cared a little bit. What, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. to an extent, to an extent. Yeah. yeah. I don't care what the capital is. You have to make it happen. And the reason why I say that is because you made all these moves in the offseason to make the playoffs this year. That's why you did it. And to stop right now would really be a malpractice of everything you've done as a GM and everything that we've uh, heard from you, Arthur Smith, everybody. Everything you preached about would be a malpractice if you don't make a move right now. Um, and I think the other part of it too is, you know, I've always been one of those guys and even to make it a, uh, 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 NBA comparison, it's so many times, you know, people are afraid to make this trade, that trade's like, oh, well, you're going to give up a first, but do you know what that first is going to be? You know what that first is going to evolve in? No, I, I, I don't, I know what Montez, what is right now. I know what Daniil Hunter is right now. I also know what they potentially, like even more so Montez Sweat than Daniil Hunter, because I know Daniil's a little older, but Montez Sweat, you might have a chance to extend him, and you can solidify at least one side of your edge 
for a few more years. Uh, so, you know, not not to quote or, you know, take the Rams fans um, meme of F them picks, but to an extent, it's like, no, you got a dude right there. Go get him. Go get him. And and let's be honest, the Falcons did themselves no favors yesterday. And, you know, we're, we're recording on a Monday. So the Falcons didn't do themselves any favors in terms of the capital and what it would take to make that pick happen. Now, thankfully, the Eagles won. So maybe the commanders are a little, still a little bit more on the side of selling. But we didn't do ourselves any favors of losing that game and how we <laughs> okay. lost it. Yeah. In terms of pass rush, and I know we're, we're going to get to that, of uh, what the commanders might be looking for in return. Yeah, and it, it's sort of one of those things where it's like it, it doesn't seem like there's been as much interest as I sort of thought there would be in a guy like Montez Sweat. Um, you know, it seeming like it was going to be a third rounder potentially that could el- escalate to a second rounder. And, you know, you sort of think that's probably the Falcons offer. Um, that that's been reported because they're the only team that's been officially reported to have interest by multiple sources. So that's probably what the Falcons have offered, which is the third rounder that escalates to a second if the Falcons extend him. And we know this sort of contract language has been involved in a trade that the Falcons have done because they did the same thing in a trade with Calvin Ridley. So again, Mm -hmm. more, more sort of breadcrumbs that this is probably the Falcons that they're talking about. Um, I don't know if someone's going to offer more, um, you know, they could, you know, I would I would probably also offer the same thing for Daniil Hunter if he's available. Um, but it's it's tough. Um, and and but again, it's one of those things where it's like both sides need to make the deal. Like Washington's not going to pay both Sweat and Young; they need to trade one. They're they're not getting good. The they're probably looking for more in terms of the the offer for Young, which I find a little bit strange because I think Sweat has been far more consistent and productive, even though his ceiling's not as high. Um. I, if if it if it takes just a straight up second, then just do it because you're gonna extend him. So who cares? So like you're you're almost well, certainly gonna extend him. So <laughs> no, I mean you're you're right. And the other part for me too is like the D line market is being set already. It was set yeah. a few weeks ago when the Niners traded for Randy Gregory that started it. Leonard Williams this morning was what he was traded for from the Giants to the Seahawks. Right, I think it was the second next year, and then year after it's a fifth i believe yeah. that's what it is so and i get it he's not a d end he's not an edge i understand that but in terms of a game changing i do believe leonard williams can yeah. be and is a game changing defensive lineman you see what the market is like so go go get it Let, yeah. let's go make it happen don't don't make all the moves the offseason signings that you did to Again, as we all know and believe, especially how the NFC South is this year, is this year, don't make all those moves to win the division. And then when you see it in front of you, stop short. Don't be yeah. what and and don't get me wrong. And this is where I'm gonna make a comparison. Mm-hmm. I think for and I'm saying this year alone, in terms of this year's Falcons and this year's Braves, don't be Alex Anthopoulos. Um, Terry Fondo, where you see there is a blatant and obvious uh, hole with the team, and you don't address it. I get it. Grady Jarrett's gone. 
I, I really wish we could be talking about this situation and this topic in front of the trade di- deadline with 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 Grady Jarrett there. I really wish I could, but we aren't. We do have a situation where, again, like you said, and I know I've been saying it a lot, we can move Calais Campbell inside. Yep. Don't. He's very comfortable doing let, it. He's done it yeah, many no, times. And, and yeah. we see it works. It works. Yeah. So my thing is, again, don't don't let this trade deadline go by. And as everyone can see in the football community, the Falcons need an edge. The Falcons need an edge, and you don't get one. Just like the Braves. Braves need a starting pitcher. Braves need a starting pitcher. Oh, no, we're good with what we have. No, you're not. Well, that's the reason why we're sitting home right now, and we watched the Phillies lose to the Diamondbacks um, you know, a few, a few days ago, and now the yeah. Diamondbacks are in the World Series. Same thing. I love Alex Anthopoulos. He's done amazing things for the Braves. Well, guess what? Terry Fontenot has done amazing things for the Falcons. But here we are where it's time now. It's 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 time to go. And like I said, Anthopoulos didn't make a move. Terry, don't do the same thing. Yeah. And I I do believe they are actively trying. Like I yeah. I I have full faith that they are trying to get a deal done. It does take two to tango. So if it doesn't come to fruition, yeah. I I don't think it's going to be that the Falcons weren't playing ball. I I I believe that they're trying. Um but again, it it depends on what they want because I if the price is a first they they can't. They they can't. Um No, you're you're so, right and that's why I say like that's why I said again, the Falcons did themselves no favors on Sunday. Because if you're talking about a, um, if it was a second or a third to get someone like Montez, what? It's like, okay, you win the game, commanders lose the game. That looks good. But the fact that you lost and how you lost, remember again, some of the the plays we talked about that um, Will Levis made because he had no pressure on him. Your price just went up. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, and, and we can see it. It's the, it's, if the Falcons have Montez Sweat, they probably beat the Titans, and and they mm-hmm. probably force Will Levis into a lot of mistakes because that's the one thing that was missing from that game when they when they lost that dominant interior duo, they they were they they limited Derrick Henry like it Derrick Henry yeah. didn't get shut down but they Derrick Henry didn't beat the Falcons Derrick Henry got over a hundred yards he averaged it was over four point six yards 100. per carry yeah. yeah but like that was not the problem like he was getting his mm-hmm. but they were limiting him enough that it wasn't an issue it was obviously the four touchdowns allowed through the air one of which i it's an opi whatever i'll i let that go you know we and and like if you look at aj terrell's pff grade they clearly didn't ding him for that touchdown uh because he had like a 70 something pff grade so like clearly pff agrees that like okay we're not Mm -hmm. gonna blame him for that touchdown um but like the other ones it's just big coverage busts and and will levis has all day in the pocket and just is hitting wide open receivers um, you know, that, that one touchdown that Jesse Bates gave up, the play went on so long that like the receiver had time to like run from one side of the end zone all the way to the other, um, to get open. So like it, we know what the problem with the defense is. It's the pass rush. I think everything else is in place. Um, it would have been much mm-hmm. nicer to still have Grady Jarrett and then add on Montez Sweat. And then you're probably talking about this becoming an elite defense, but I think they can still be a top 10 defense if they make the move they need to make here and get either Sweat or Daniel Hunter. Um, I just don't know, you know, if they're going to be able to get it done because if other people come in and someone's offering a first, the Falcons can't. And and the reason why is the quarterback controversy that we're going to get to shortly. But it, it, it 
they have mm-hmm. to have that first rounder for a quarterback. They and whether that's a, a late, I think in this class they're in a unique situation because I think there will be late first round quarterbacks that are interesting um, in this class. So they don't necessarily need the ammunition for a massive trade up because let's be honest, they're not getting Caleb Williams or Drake May. You can you can forget yeah. that. Um, so now you're anyway. looking right. Yeah, <laughs> don't want them. Yeah, don't care. Yeah. What about I know Caleb Williams definitely know, but you know. <laughs> told you I'm, you know me I am a Michael Penix guy I, yeah I, yeah I really am I really am yeah I like Penix so that's what I'm saying so if, they, if they're picking in the late teens early to mid twenties there will be some options there that they don't need to trade yeah. for so they can afford to get rid of a day two pick for one of these guys and the other part of this trade is that this is not a 2023 only trade yes you're acquiring the guy on the last year of his deal. But this is a uh, like a trade and sign sort of situation. Like you're getting him so you can have have the ability to negotiate and get this guy under contract prior to free agency. Um, and yeah. like we just saw with Rashawn Gary, and you know you mentioned uh, earlier this season as well. There's a bunch of guys listed on over the cap as free agents at edge. There's not going to be any left by the time free agency starts. That's just how this goes. There will be some second tier exactly. guys that always sneak through, but. You know, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Rashawn Gary, like all these guys, like they're not going to be available in free agency. So if you want to get a premier edge rusher, you have to trade for them. That's how this goes. Um, and no offense to Terry Fontenot, but I trust trading that second rounder for an established edge guy like a Montez Sweat more than, sh- you know, shooting another shot at edge in the second round. I think it's just, and well, it's just, it, they have the money to do it too. So it's like, there's really, yeah. it just makes way more sense to go this route. Well, another thing too, and and shout out to uh, Scott Caxmar, um on 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 X. I got to make sure I, I say it right. Again, I don't want us. <laughs> be I don't want us to get the random ban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to get the random ban. But here's the thing. So the lowest passing success rate in a game with four touchdown passes since 1994, right? Uh, so Cal Orton, 2014 against the Jets, 33.3. Justin Fields this year against the Commanders. Remember that DJ Moore went off on a it was a Thursday night game, 34.4%. Will Levis <laughs> versus the Falcons, 32.3%. Which means again, defense wasn't bad. Now they had their moments where they had the lapses and that led to touchdowns. And again, I know we've talked about that before where you know, you got you got to stop the coverage bus. That that has to stop happening. And also, we have to grade and judge this defense based off of what they're trying to cover up, which is a, a not good enough offense right now. But just think about that. You had a you had a quarterback with a thirty two, I believe thirty two point three is what I said percent completion uh, success percentage. It could be even less if you had a real dynamic edge rusher <laughs> yeah and yeah. we talked about like, it on the post game the yeah. one like the couple times they got pressure he threw he almost threw picks like <laughs> like it's <And>, that <laughs> and, you know like again like i said think about it like and i know again grady's hurt that sucks it, i i hate it i really hate it not even just for the falcons fan in me it's just a grady jarrett fan in me i hate it i really yeah. do but that being said if you put calais in in the on the interior you still can have a good formidable duo of an inside rush with david on and Calais campbell you know what helps that out 
you have someone that's on the edge that that really can make things happen. So, like I said, it's time to make it happen. You yeah. got to. If, if you're going to spend all that money again, I'm, I'm going to say it again, you're going to spend all that money in the offseason, you're going to make the draft picks that you made, you might as well go in, and not even for someone for this year. That's not even what this is, right? It's not the Dwight Freeney acquisition right? Um, in 2016. And again, we knew we got Dwight Freeney because we we're trying to go, in all, go all in that year. Yeah. You're bringing a guy back to Atlanta. You know, he, he's from the metro area, uh, which has been a trend um, for, you know, Terry Fondo in this group. That's been a trend. Bring him home. See if you can extend him with this young core that it seems like you're building. So this year it still works, but also in years for the future, it works as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, I think it's possible they also add a defensive tackle, you know, yeah. maybe they probably, but this is probably more like what we saw last year, which is like a, they're going to trade a late round pick for someone that can bolster the depth. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't expect there'll be like a massive move there, because again, I think if you move Calais inside, you've got LaCale London, you're, you're really hoping that Taquan Graham can return to form coming off that injury. Now he did have one of his best games this week. Um, mm-hmm. According to PFF. So maybe you can go out and, and find someone to come in um, and let's see what Albert but, Huggins has too. Like that was yeah, one of yeah. your your gems and jewels of the preseason. So yeah. again, we're not asking him to be a uh, surefire starter. We're just asking him to get some reps and take snaps off of yeah. of some of the other guys above him. So you know, let's see what you have there. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you wonder if uh, you, you know you, maybe you could pry someone away from from another team. Um, you know, if mm-hmm. they if they're looking to if they have someone that's going to be an upcoming free agent or something like that. Um, so, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see yep. what, how that works out, but, uh, I think they'll be active certainly. And then looking for some guys and, um, it better be, <laughs> I, I think, they they, I be. think they're, I think they're working the phones. Uh, I, I really do. So we will, we will see if that comes to fruition here, but we got to get of course to the offensive side of the ball because, yeah. We got a full we got a full blown quarterback controversy on our hands, Jordan. Uh, as uh, the Falcons, as of Monday afternoon, they've basically announced that they will be making a quarterback announcement on Wednesday. They're going to consider it. Arthur Smith keeps vaguely saying stuff about Ritter's mm. health, despite the fact that we know he was cleared from the concussion protocol and looked like he wanted to go back into the game. Now, concussion stuff you can't. It's not like it's visible on your face, so like I don't want to make light yeah. of that or anything. But, um. Ritter to me looked like a guy that was like wanting to go back into the game and, and was he, but he was up like, you know, doing stuff. So, I mean, we don't know for sure the details of that, so we're not going to speculate, but it seems like if he was in the concussion protocol still, they would have just said that, right? Like he's just saying like, Oh, I'm concerned about his health. Like, why wouldn't you mm-hmm. say like, oh, well, he's he's now in the because that's been something that they've done. Like, if players are in the concussion protocol on Monday, they they typically say that. They've said that they said it about Tay Davis last week. It's not like it's some big secret. You're trying to keep the guys are in the concussion protocol, so it doesn't sound like he's in the concussion protocol. That was mm-hmm. what he allegedly was dealing with in the game, and then was cleared. And not that the you can't have symptoms after being cleared. I mean that that does happen and you can have mm-hmm. symptoms after not even being checked. I mean, it, it happens, but mm-hmm. we, we also like, we talked about this a lot on the post game. I, I of course was very fired up about it. I know you were, I know Alan was, but um, I feel like that you've opened Pandora's box now and like Pandora doesn't go back in the box, you know, Pandora's out. 
doesn't go back in the box. So Taylor Heineke, you know, notably uh, finishes the game 37 total snaps, uh, 80 PFF grade, which I believe is higher than any but one of Ritter's games. I think Ritter had a better game in week five. I think he had like a really high PFF grade that week. But Mm -hmm. um, so like Heineke comes out cold, which is kind of his specialty. (laughs) He comes out cold, not getting any starting reps and just lights it up. Orchestrates the offense much better, gets the ball out a lot quicker, even does a little bit of scrambling, you know, and, and picks up some stuff with his legs, which I think Ritter should have the advantage over him there, given his athleticism. But again, sure. again, like Heineke just looks more comfortable. So then now we're in this weird scenario now where you've shown people what the offense looks like with Taylor Heineke and it looks better. So now what? <laughs> so, so now what, Jordan? Now what? The The, the question is... To, to counter that. And then there are a couple other things that you said I want to I wanna harp on too. But first off, have we really seen what the offense is under Taylor Heineke? And the reason why I bring that up is, look, everybody loves the backup. Yeah. The reason why that like that's a saying is because when you're going into a game, you prepare for who the starter is. So Tennessee coming to this game, they're preparing for for um, for Desmond Ritter. There was never a point this week with Mike Vrabel and that coaching staff of, hey, we got to be ready just in case Taylor Heineke. No, they don't do that. Right. Um, and also, uh, yeah, actually, no. Let me let me save that. I want to get into the Arthur Smith part <laughs> later. I, I, there's a lot there. I want I want to get to it. I need to get to it, but I'm I'm gonna wait. But here's the thing for me with Desmond Ritter. Uh, especially at least when it relates to the concussion standpoint. Uh, so for those who might not know, maybe you do, or you just remember, but still for those who might not know, I played, I played college football. I suffered, I think it was three or four reported, reported concussions. Hmm. I say that because again, I played a position and we all know the proverbial phrase. Oh, you're in the line of scrimmage. You, put yourself through a car crash every play, right? We've, we've all heard people say that and talk about it. So who knows how many I actually had, who knows how many anybody else who's played at the line of scrimmage has had. My point being is because of what the position that I played and because of how many I know I had, I take concussions very seriously. And so my thing is I'm always just under the concepts of look, if somebody had a concussion or you're testing them for a concussion, a concussion the week before, don't play them the next week. Don't do it. That like I and I say that in terms of again, Desmond Ritter is a young, a young man. I know he's got a wife. I believe he has a kid. Like, don't change his potentially alter and change his life, especially with, with the offensive line, how they've been playing. We'll get to that in a second. But don't don't let that happen. Um, I, I just wanted to to put that in there, and yeah, and again, yeah, like I said, yeah. I'm really emphatic about that standpoint of of concussions and how and how those are treated and how those are looked at. I mean, I know a lot of people out here in San Francisco. I told them here too. You know, again, like I said, I'm in the Bay Area. I told people out here, Brock Purdy shouldn't play this week. If you watch the game, you saw late in the game, he had the whiplash where he hit his head hard on the ground. And again, I was like, look, 
Okay, he just had a concussion six weeks ago. I mean, six games ago, sorry. Take him out. Take him out now. You're down You're down two possessions. It's a 14-point game, like two minutes left. Get him out the game. They kept him in. I was really not happy with that. I was really upset. I've been talking about it. I'm still going to talk about it. Um, you know, but again, I guess to get back on track, my apologies for that <laughs> side rant. No, no, it's um, relevant. I think it's relevant. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, it, it's, it's just one of those things where okay, Taylor Heineke, if he's in, here's the thing for me, Arthur Smith, you have no more scapegoats, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we all understand and know the turnover situation with Desmond Ritter. I can tell you, and I can say, and I still stand on it. Certain fumbles weren't his fault. Um, you know, certain interceptions, I think a lot of those were his fault. But still, that being said, it's the numbers are accumulating for him with the turnovers. And so I know how this offense looked with one guy. I still wish, and again, I've said before, he should have started Desmond sooner last year so you can see what you have in him. You have a feel for what the offense can or can't be with him. You didn't do it. So you let that parlay into this year, which slowed the offense back a bit, in my opinion. Um, so if you do switch to Taylor Heineke, there are no more scapegoats. Right. Right? Like I, I saw that throw to Scotty Miller on that on that you know inside fade wheel going to the corner. I didn't see that throw with Desmond Ritter. Which means, did you tell it? Did you tell us something about what you think about Desmond and what he can or can't throw? When once you put in Taylor Heineke, did you tell us something about your confidence in what Desmond can or can't do with what you'd let happen with Taylor Heineke? I, I, like I'm just really interested to see that because yeah. let's just say again, if Tyler, if if excuse me, Tyler Taylor, <laughs> if he starts. Uh, this Vikings game coming up and the offense just looks different. That's going to tell a lot about these first, you know, first eight weeks of the season. And, and there are going to be a lot more questions that at least should be asked of what were we doing? Right. Right. Like, why are we limit? Like you, you, you can't trust him to make a touch throw in the end zone. So is that why we're seeing Johnny Smith passes to Michael? <laughs> oh my gosh! Don't... Sorry, I, I didn't mean to bring up that uh, triggered. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like you, first you trust Johnny Smith to a, throw a touch pass. <laughs> you get a strong run for five yards, and I mean, I guess this is another part too. And this is another reason why I talk about Arthur Smith as much as I do. Bijan gets in the game. We all know the majority of the plays are going to be inside zone if we run the ball. It's inside zone. Tennessee, and and let's let's not make any mistake about it. You know, if we're going to talk about matchups, um, we know Tennessee has a really good front, especially on defense. So you you want to keep trying to run plays that extend the time of how long it takes to develop me outside zone at times. And they don't work. We saw that they weren't going to work early on in the game. You also saw that, hey, we just give it somebody, let them go downhill and run. It can work. You you saw it again. Like we're talking about the Johnny Smith play. Yeah. You saw on first down. It was first and 10. You got five yards. That's a win. It's a win. But later in the game, we're still trying to do this outside zone soft stuff where I'm not going to say that our O-line is bad. They're not as good as they should be. 
<laughs> right? Like I, I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm gonna say that. But at the same time, is if they do have something that is working, and it looked like some of those downhill runs were working, you've got to work with that. You got to call those more often, and that's what's frustrating with me again right now in terms of uh, what the Falcons do offensively. Yeah, to see see what works, trust what works, and use what works. You don't have to be almost. It almost feels like play calling offensively is 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 like egotistical to an extent. It's like, no, this is what I want. So this is what's going to have to happen. No. Because the same way Tyler runs, Tyler runs hard. I love Tyler. I love Tyler. Bijan can run hard too. He's 220, 230. Let him run downhill. Mm-hmm. I just want to see it. Yeah, I mean, teams are keying on that outside zone stuff. Like, that they are. Yes. Like, they're, yes. they're keyed on it. Like, you can see it. Every time Bijan takes a carry outside, people are crashing. They're blitzing linebackers. Like, everybody's coming down for that play. And it's like, that. they still they still make it work sometimes because this is a good offensive line that usually can block it up and they have good blocking receivers and all this stuff. And Bijan's just a great running back. I mean, even it felt like Bijan like had just like a handful of good runs last week and he still averaged like six yards a carry. Like, because like the yeah. ones that work, he just, he just, he, they just go like he gets 10, 15 yards a pop, but like he should be getting the like five to eight yard gains consistently but it's not instead it's like a, it's like 11 for you know 50 or 11 for 60 and it's mm-hmm. like that's a, that's you know a healthy efficient day but like the the ones that aren't working are like minus two zero zero and then it's like 15 20 20 so it's like it's not consistently working but he's just like winning in spite of that so we need to you need to mix it up more like well, well, what makes it more annoying and frustrating is again, how many times do we see Bijan make somebody mess in the backfield to make some of those yards happen? Yeah. Right. And again, like I said, just understand the flow of the game. You run some of those outside zones earlier. The 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 Titans did a great job of reestablishing early on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. They did a great job of doing that. And part of the reason why they did it. Is because at least in the run game, like we're, I'm, I'm, maybe, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get in the pass game because oh my gosh, <laughs> there's a lot there. But in the run game, you did a lot of these longer extending plays, like I said, the outside zone. It takes time to develop. It wasn't there, so switch it up. Let's go downhill. We've they were shown we can do there. it. Yeah, they that's were what I'm saying. Like, you, you, you've yeah. shown you can do it. Even going back to uh, last week against Tampa, yeah. one of my because well, again, one of my biggest concerns was, uh oh, we got to go against Vita Vea. We know how much he can he can dominate a run game. You didn't let him do that, but a lot of that wasn't because of what you were doing laterally. And it's it's a shocker. I hate to say this, and again, I'm not putting this against Bijan. I'm not at all. Remember, Bijan was out. For the majority of that game against Tampa, yeah. Took so you yeah, had Tyler Algier, yeah. exactly. Which again, I, I he, he had it. <laughs> the point he had it, but oh well. But yeah, Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. You let those guys get downhill, and that's what happened. But not only did you let the running backs get downhill, you let the O linemen get downhill, and that's what was working. So all of a sudden, if that works one week. Why not even lean on that even more the very next week? You have a game. Yeah. You it's, know, like that that that's what's for that's really frustrating to me. 
Yeah. And it, it's like, you know, I know that the Titans got back their, their top, one of their top run stuffers in Tyre Tart, uh, who like, maybe that's why they were like, okay, we should probably avoid the interior. They got Jeffrey Simmons. They got Tyre Tart back. You know, they got Danico Autry in there. Let's, let's try to get it out on the edges. But the Titans were clearly prepared for the outside zone. And it's like, okay, well, there let's try go. the inside and the inside's working. So it's like, okay, well, we should just stick with that. Like, and the same thing happened against the Bucks. It's like, oh, they have this good interior, but we're, we're making it work. So let's just stick with it. But, um, I mean, I, I, so I, I don't blame them for trying the outside zone initially because like they probably oh, yeah, should try that either. first, you know, like they probably should try that first because that's their bread and butter. That's that they usually run it with success for whatever reason. They're struggling more on it this year, despite better running backs, um, mm-hmm. more comfortable Tyler Algier, Bijan Robinson, you know, being an upgrade and, but like they've had the most success inside zone. Um, and, and, you know, they have occasionally run some power concepts that I think have worked really well. Um, so I, I don't you think they need the to box. Delay counter that, yeah. I mean, you remember the Beautiful. delay counter they ran last week Beautiful. too? That worked. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess to your point, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. Okay. I, I'm just saying to your point, it's you see other things that work. Yeah. They, they've worked a couple of times now. Stick with it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be so hard headed of, oh no, we want to be like this and like that. Well, guess what? The like this and like that ain't working. Yeah. You know, you got so, to adjust. Look, 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 yeah. You have to. You have to. Yeah. But it just feels like right now, at least offensively, you know, like I said, especially in the run game, there's just not there's not that adjustment that's going on right now. And that's really frustrating. Yeah. So it it is frustrating for sure um, to watch. But it's like and I agree. It's like the, the, the it felt like they called a different offense for Taylor Heineke than they did yes. for Desmond Ritter. And, and we don't have any proof of that, but it, it certainly looked different. Um, I mean, and, and it. It didn't look like fundamentally different, but just sort of the types of routes. But I mean, and maybe it was really just like Heineke just went for like went downfield more aggressively, um, which which we know mm-hmm. is his thing, where he was yep. willing to take those throws that that Ritter maybe was hesitating on. So it could be that too. But it's like, you know, we we saw that first half game plan where it was, it just kind of reeked of like we think that they're not going to be able to get pressure, so we're going to dial up this play action deep shot game where the running back's not going to to run a hot read or we're going to have empty empty backfields for Ritter and they were getting annihilated what five first half sacks for Ritter in that game um and then you know we we call it out like oh it looks like they were not prepared for this Titans pass rush they look pretty unprepared coming into this game and then we got <laughs> team media people calling calling me a hack for, for questioning the preparation going into the game which you know incredibly unprofessional but uh like they looked unprepared and like it doesn't mean that and like yeah sure like they i'm sure they tried like i'm sure they prepared for something but they weren't prepared for what tennessee was doing (laughs) i i want i want to address that really quickly um and the reason why i do is obviously again kevin i talk about all the time and i just mentioned it earlier talking about concussions i play the game at a fairly high level right one of the things that I always I, I hate to do, and I know sometimes I do it, I need to be better about it, and I hate when I do it. Like I, I will literally look back at myself later, like, oh my gosh, why did you say that? Or why did you bring it up like this? Is when I bring up, oh, you must be wrong because you didn't play the game or you can't understand it. Right. I I I really I don't like that because you look all around, whether it's in the media, some of the coaches. 
I mean, shoot, some one of the best coaches that we say in this in this um in in this era and maybe of all time, Bill Belichick. Tell me what the highest level that he played football in, right? So, again, and I get it. The Titans have a very good front. Have a very good front. I don't want to take anything away from that. But if you do see certain things that are working against that front, you should go with it. And you didn't. Um, and, And even on the defensive side, wouldn't you love to see some more pressure that goes up against a rookie quarterback. And and here's the thing. I'm not trying to get down on the defense. I love our defense. I think I still think we're a phenomenal defense. We're one of the best defenses in the NFL. But, again, when I look at the defense, unfortunately, this is what I have to do because of what the offense does. I have to view the defense in terms of, hey, you have to help preserve a 16-point-per-game offense. I would have loved to see the Falcons win more up front even without Grady, against an offensive line for Tennessee that is not good. Didn't happen. So, yeah, if we want to look at matchups, we can talk about matchups. You don't have to, you know, whether it's a player or, or you know, be a, a broadcast, whatever the case may be, you don't have to do that to understand it. We're not here talking about things because we're just being a fan. Like, if we were just being a fan – we could speak in generalities of, oh, so-and-so sucks. He's a bust. That person's a bust. They're not good. No, we're not doing that. The whole point of having the show, you know, Trench Talk, is so we don't do that. And you are a person, a part of this show, and you don't do that. So I, I, I'm i with you. With You know, again, with that, like I said, I just wanted to back you up on that point. Because I think, again, anybody who watched that game, I don't care what your experience is watching the Falcons, watching NFL football, watching football, period. You could tell things were a little bit off in terms of how it seemed like they were prepared. Like, you you don't throw a pass from tight end two to tight end three and feel like you're prepared. You don't have all these miscues on punt returns and kick returns and feel like a team was prepared. You know, you don't have one of your starting safeties get – you know, just be in no man's land for two touchdowns uh, against a rookie quarterback if you're prepared. So I felt like, you you know, there was a lot of what you said that was fair. And I don't care what your history and background is playing football, watching football. You're right to say that because I'm saying it too. And if anyone has something to say otherwise about that, like, please feel free to talk to me. I'm, I'm all ears. I'm open to listen. But to say you clearly don't know and understand, you know, matchups, that doesn't tell fully tell the story of the game. But if it does, again, it goes back to coaching, which I've talked a lot about on this show and others. It goes back to coaching. And off that, I know I've, I've been on the soapbox. So I want to stop. <laughs> but I, I really did want to I, – I had to say that. I had to. No, no. I mean, I, I appreciate it. And it's like, you know, it the the, like – you know, watch the tape or the, like, you didn't play thing. I mean, it, it's tired. It's, it's, we've, everyone's been dealing with it. And like, it, it there's, and, and some people it really is like, okay, like you, you clearly don't know what you're talking about. And then, you know, that, so I understand doing it, but you know, to, to, to come from like a team media member, like a famous member of the team, 
uh, former NFL quarterback. Not going to say names, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, and I and I love what he does. Like, don't yes. get me wrong. I, I want to yes. make it clear. I love what he does, and that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying, like, from the standpoint of, okay, you don't just dis- if you disagree with certain things, let's talk. Yeah. Right. And I'm not there, even there saying was, on yeah, here because yeah, I get yeah. I get oh, yeah. what yeah. some of the media does. Like, and, and you know, like we've seen it from guys like Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. skip bayless it's like you say something someone reacts it's like oh all right well if you don't like that come on air no i don't i'm not saying that it's no if you don't like it talking like you said talking private like yeah. what, what what matchups do you think that you're or that, that you don't understand you know and again this is where i'm just putting my hat on of where all right cool i played the game <laughs> what matchups do you think i don't understand as well but it's also you know but like there's a this point here or there where the Falcons didn't take advantage also of certain matchups. Cause I think that's on the table too, but we're not going to talk about that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's just very, it, it's super, duper uncool, obviously. Uh, <laughs> like, but it, it's all, it doesn't further the conversation and, and it just, it seems like punching down uh, like, mm-hmm. Oh, look at me, you know? Well, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, you didn't you didn't provide any context. You didn't say why I didn't know what I was talking about or really provide anything at all other than just saying I didn't know what I was talking about. So it's a very helpful conversation there. But, you know, I'm, and that's I'm what clearly I'm saying. Like, over that's... it. Yeah, clearly over it. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Listen, that's the one thing I love about the media is you have the ability to ask follow-up questions for certain things, right? Like, whether whether he's been following you for a while, not following you, how how it came across his timeline, I don't know. But my thing is, okay, boom, he says that. And like for both ways, and I guess I'm saying this for you, but also for him. You like when he says, you know, you obviously you don't know matchups. You know, I I would say you could even ask, okay, what what like what matchups am I not understanding? What am I not getting? Because at the end of the day, both of your jobs are for getting information and getting content out to Falcons fans, right? We we all want Falcons fans to get the best content that we can get, right? Yeah. Um. So instead of, like you said, instead of rebutting, you know, he could have brought that question up too in terms of when, when you say or you bring up the post of, Falcons look like they just rolled over the Titans, you know, or look past the Titans, then they get ready. He could have asked, okay, why do you think that? You bring your points as to why you feel that way. Um, so that was a, a part missed by him. And like I said, for you, it was, he's saying, you know, obviously you don't understand mismatch, mismatches. So that's when you ask, okay, well, what do you think I miss? Um, now, I, again, I believe that that didn't have like it shouldn't be on you to ask that just because the whole <laughs> well, situation yeah. was brought up because of him coming in and saying you don't understand it. But like I said, the, the best thing I love about this industry of or at least the opportunity and possibility that's there is the uh, is the opportunity of follow up questions. Mm-hmm. The fact that it wasn't there, the fact that I I believe as a whole, we missed out on informing and educating falcons fans even more which again is why i'm here you know that i I want to help out under uh, you know informing falcons fans about line play and just football in general as much as i can um 
that's unfortunate that we just like I said that we just missed out on that opportunity. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's sad because it, this is you know a guy that I really do respect and would be happy to to talk with off air, on air, whatever. Uh, that opportunity has never presented itself, you know. But it it, it just. I mean, it, it didn't seem like there was any desire for that. It seemed more like just uh, fresh, like fresh venting frustration, which that's what Twitter that's what Twitter's for too. I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. So not not gonna Same. hold it not gonna hold it against him Same too here. much. But uh, you know, you know, talk c- come back to us, man. Come back to us. We don't need to to be nasty. You know, it's, I mean, it is Twitter. So I mean, I get that. But uh, we don't. Nobody needs to be nasty on here. You know, it, it, there's a lot of respect. Uh, that I have absolutely have. So it's just uh, a little jarring, but Hey, I mean, things are getting testy and I think this is another sign that things are getting testy with the team. Jordan, if the team media, I, was saying, and look, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And it's not even yeah. just the media. Like think about the fans. Yeah. How many arguments have we had about the quarterback? How many arguments do we have about the center and how many arguments about where's the 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 first the top 10 tight end that you drafted where is the top 10 receiver you drafted where is the top 10 running like we're all frustrated and i get it it is fair you should be this team talent wise is a whole hell of a lot better than four and four yeah. i'm fresh I, I, I'm, I'm, oh yeah here we go it's rant time i'm i i, I gotta do oh, it go now. for it go for it i am very frustrated with this team right now. And I know like when we've done shows before, we do the post game reaction shows and people talk about, Oh man, you act like the season's over. Well, we're first in the division. Yes, we are. I I don't want to stop though at four and three, which we were before this week or four and four where we are now. I don't want to stop there. I want more. I believe this team can do more. So when I critique and when I talk about this team and I think when others do too, that's how we're critiquing them not where we are now but where we want to be like i mean again last year we were what eight and nine i believe and we all know how that roster was this roster is a whole heck of a lot better than that that roster was we haven't seen the playoffs since 2017 like i i don't want to just be in terms of like to an extent, week to week of, oh, well, we won this week. Doesn't matter how it looks. No, it does matter because if you turn the ball over three times in a week, that carries. If you can't run the ball against a certain team and a certain defense that that run that they run, it matters. If you have coverage busts that show up week to week, it matters. That that's going to play into what actually your team does later on in the year. So this is a Falcons team. Like I said, I have loved. I'm always going to love and I'm I'm going to want something for. I was in Minnesota in in 1998, you know, in January, it was very cold for the NFC Championship. I've been to New Orleans twice, I've been to Tampa, I've been to Carolina, I've seen games at Levi's. I've been everywhere with this team. I want them to win. And yes, I'm happy when they win, but at the same time, I'm also going to critique them and say, "Man, it could be even better." If it looks this way again, going back to last week, the Tampa game, you win it on a last second field goal. Am I happy we won? Yes. I'm also frustrated that <laughs> we could have won that game 13, 30 to 13. You best believe it. That so yeah. again, that like so again, just the overarching point. I understand the frustration. I think it's valid. I think we all are frustrated with where we are right now versus where we should be. And 
with that, I'm gonna get off. I'm gonna get off the soapbox. Yeah, no, I mean it. Like, it's it's sort of inexcusable to me that this team is four and four again yes. with an easier schedule and much better talent. Yes. Like, I can't yes. believe it. Like, it's like wow, we're we're right back where we were last year with a better team and an easier schedule. Um, and like yes, with with the same you know different problems, uh, but same people uh involved for the most part so you know you you got to get your shit together that's kind of that was kind of the takeaway from the post game show get your shit together start winning games uh because it's time to start stacking wins because you you can't be messing around with this for much longer and I, i i wonder if the quarterback thing is is a symptom of the pressure that they're feeling like we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing like we are not yeah. where we need to be um because the quarterback is the face. The quarterback's not the whole problem. I and mean, we could talk about Arthur mm-hmm. Smith. We could talk about the O-line underperforming. We could talk about oh, a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm sure we will, you know, on Wednesday and hopefully not too much over the future post-game shows. But you never know. I'm sure it'll come up at some point. Um, but it it it's it's time to to put this together. And and now that, you know, you could I think you can feel the sweat bead starting to form with this whole quarterback thing. I think that's really the first outward sign we've seen that. They're feeling the pressure like, okay, we're, we're way too good to be losing these games. We're going to have to do something about this. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens with that. You know, do they make a quarterback change permanent? Do they go out and get uh, a big-time pass rusher? They did just trade for Contavious Street, the defensive tackle from the Eagles. Mm. Um, it's a sixth-round pick in exchange for a seventh-round pick. So, um, I like that. You know, I like but that. that's exactly what we were saying. Probably a small sort of move similar to last year's cornerback move where they trade, you know, a late round pick to get some depth in here. Uh, Street was with Nielsen last year in New Orleans, so there's some familiarity mm-hmm. there. Exactly. I know Aaron Freeman was all over this one, so um, good for him. But I don't think that trade changes anything with Sweat or, or Daniel Hunter, no. by the way, guys. Not at all. Not so, at all. Not at all. Um, so I think this was one move that they're like, okay, let's get this done. Um, and then, you know, I think that'll bolster the depth there for sure. Uh, good, good, good depth move, but I think, uh, you know, we, we need to see how they're going to fix this and whether that's hopefully a sweat, you know, Daniel Hunter move to, to solidify this defensive line, not just for this year. This is not just a win now rental move. This is like, there we you get go. this guy in here so we can build this out next year. Cause they have the money, right. but at this point it's like, who are you going to spend it on? Like, you're just going to resign your own guys. And like, that's not the worst idea, but like you need that edge guy. You're, you probably are going to need to spend this first round pick on a quarterback. So you're not getting your top edge that you're, that you need there. Um, so in that case, trade that second rounder, trade that third rounder, whatever you need to do to get that guy in here, because otherwise you're probably not going to get that guy. Um, like I said, give me, give me the proven commodity over a, um, over a question mark. And especially with what we've seen with second round picks with, with the Falcons as of late, (laughs) Yeah, if someone's already proven there's something, give, give me that instead. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, we'll see. Obviously, by the time you maybe by the time you guys see this pod, they will have Daniel Hunter Montez sweat uh, on Tuesday. But I suspect it'll probably be Tuesday afternoon or so uh, that the trade gets done because I think they're probably working the phones trying to see if they can get Hunter as well and seeing if they can use that as a bargaining chip or whatever the heck is going on there. I will say that sweat's much cheaper in terms of cap space. So that does affect the compensation, whereas Hunter is really expensive. So either the Vikings will probably have to eat some of that or the compensation is going to go down. So, um, you know, we'll see. But I I think 
I think they're working the phones. I think they're trying really hard, and we'll see if it comes comes to fruition. Uh, fingers crossed. But guys, thank you for hanging out with us, breaking down uh, this week. Not as much strict trench talk on this one. Some more meta talk, but um, <laughs> that that was the topic of the week. You know, we're we're talking about a quarterback switch yeah. and a massive loss on the defensive line. So that's kind of the way it had to go. But uh, the today's show was brought to you by Bet Online. Appreciate Bet Online for sponsoring today's episode. Uh, he is Jordan Watkins at Big Seventy Five Fella. Jordan, anything else you'd like to let the people know about before we sign off? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the Falcon Fate Podcast. Um, you know, we we just had our at the time of recording, we just had our um, our episode, our recap show, go on air in the Atlanta area, and we'll have our preview show for the Vikings go out on Saturday. And again, I just want to keep reemphasizing. Everyone who tunes in, everyone who watches the live streams, everyone who, even if you disagree and how vehemently you disagree, we love you and appreciate you. Like, yes, truly, we we really do. There's none of this without you. So I, I just want to keep reemphasizing that. I know I always try to put my phone up, you know, when we're when I'm leaving the live stream, so I can show, like, you know, boom, I'm seeing the comments. Yeah. Um. No, no, it it does mean a lot that you're tuning in and you're checking it out. So I, I just want to say that again. Truly do appreciate it. Um, and yeah, looking forward to hearing y'all's comments for the show, whether you agree or disagree. I really do. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Please like, subscribe if you haven't done so already. We really appreciate that. Helps the show grow. Leave a comment if you got something pressing you want to get off your chest. And uh, yeah, leave that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice if you're listening to the audio. We'll be back on Wednesday for the next episode of Falcoholic Live as we get into this Vikings game that has become a must-win now. <laughs> so, oh yep. Uh, now we will be facing Jaron Hall and not uh, Kirk Cousins, but we saw how well oh. facing a rookie quarterback in their first start went for the Falcons last week. So, you know, well, hopefully it'll go better this week. That's all I can say. Uh, but... <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Addison's gonna have a day, isn't he? I, oh, do probably. I need to prepare myself for that. Do I need. I need to just get ready for it. I would. I would mentally prepare for sure. But <laughs> yeah, guys, we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. Until then, have a great day, folks. See you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.